episode 70 of the Cherokee Rewind set to start. Man, 70 episodes. I'm old. Anyhow, uh, got a special one here this time around. Uh, this guy, I've known him since his playing days in Toledo, but I've seen him a number of times after. And he's not a local guy. He is not. He's originally from uh, Northwest Indiana, uh, right outside Chicago, right by the border there on the Indiana side. Originally, he now is out in Cleveland in that area. And he goes by, well, he goes by the name of Ryan Richmond, but <laughs> we all, no one calls him Ryan. We all call him Richie just because it's just a, an endearment term. We've called him since he's played his playing days. And I, I'll try to get there eventually someday of referring <laughs> to him as Ryan, but he is always Richie to us. And, uh, Richie, I always do this where I guess your jersey number, but with you, I don't believe I had too difficult a problem there. It's like I say, I forget some of these guys because it's <laughs> years worth of stuff, and I am old. But number 20 was your jersey, was it not? It was. My first year, actually, I had to wear eight, um, but I switched to oh, 20. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I remember you wearing eight. That I wore sure. 10 most of my life, but Frank Maniak had 10, and he locked that in. So eight was the next closest available. Wasn't my first choice. And then the second year, I had a little more priority being a veteran. So You, you, you grizzly vet, you. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about all this stuff and more, man. But uh, I um I, I, it's it's hard because you know you you show you you know trying to pick guys from different eras who to feature on the podcast and everything. It's like trying to pick your favorite kid. You can't do, <laughs> it. you know. It's like there's yeah. so much. But this guy right here is is someone who I've always considered a friend, even back in the playing days. You know, back then, you know, you guys were all younger than me, so it was like, okay, you guys are you know the players. That's it. But Richie, you were always a friend to me back then, and and to this day. So, yeah. you know, I, I really, you know, I always appreciated that. But let's get started here talking about what is a kid from Indiana who basically, I mean, that's, I, I, I guess Chicago would be considered a good hockey city, and it is. But I guess from the, being on the other side of the border there in Indiana, I would think that wouldn't be a big metropolis when it comes to hockey, uh, would it? Nope, you're correct. Yeah, not a lot of hockey going on. So I uh, I grew up actually playing. I played multiple sports. I love basketball, obviously, with the the Bulls in the '90s and all that. Uh, growing up with that, I wasn't any good at basketball. Um, but uh, I grew up playing soccer, and then um, by chance started playing. Uh, we had a, a sports arena that did roller hockey. So I got into hockey through roller hockey, a couple friends, they had brothers doing it. Um, so I got into playing roller hockey. My parents honestly thought I would hate it. I didn't like wearing gear. I hated even soccer. I hate wearing shin guards. So um, I got into it. I absolutely fell in love with hockey. Um, and then came the time where schedule started getting crazy and I had to pick a sport. So I ended up picking hockey. Uh, that was my main go-to. And I, I played on multiple teams. I played uh, levels up in, in uh, roller hockey. And then uh, opportunity came by where high school hockey was kind of up and down in the area. A couple schools had it. Uh, there was no rinks close by, but uh, there was high school ice hockey nonetheless. And, uh, you know, I was able to transition into ice hockey then. Um, so I'd, I'd been ice skating and all that, but uh, predominantly roller hockey till I was about 13, 14, I think. 
and then uh, ended up playing high school hockey. But the the one thing I always tell people, I'm actually a coach now, and people complain about driving, was our home rink was in South Bend. So it was an hour away and then a different time zone, too. So um, that, that oh, added wow. another level. So we, we only practiced once or twice a week, and then home games were out there, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Northwest Indiana wasn't a, a big place. I, I hear it's growing, though. There's uh, some college club teams. There's a junior team back there now. Uh, and I think they're building a rink actually close to my uh, my parents' house. So, Wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's all because of you. Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. But you there, there's, there's some great uh, players. Shout out to Tommy Lyons and uh, Tyler Joyce, some Toledo Cherokee alum as well. They're, they actually grew up uh, about 15, 20 minutes away from me. So uh, we played rival high schools and then uh, luckily enough got to play in Toledo together and you know, they're, they're some of my closest friends still to this day. So, you know, it's funny, uh, Tyler joy, I've reached out to try to get him to do this thing. And he is like, not responded. It's like, I'm probably, he's probably going Mick who, <laughs> yeah. Boy, if I know Tyler, he's probably doing that. And then as yeah. far as, uh, as far as Tommy Lyons goes to this day, I still refer to him as dollar store. Tommy Lyons he used to have, a, he was looking for a nickname. He was looking for a nickname when he played in Toledo. I remember this. And we could, he had a couple different names that he was throwing out there and we were, la- we would laugh about it. And yeah. then, and he was a great guy. Still think of him very fondly. Um, that the, what the inevitable happened when I ran into him, uh, the day of a game, matter of fact, it was the, we had a home game, uh, here and, uh, he was at, I ran into him at a dollar tree, like in the morning. <laughs> Like at like 11 in the morning, I ran into him at, at a Dollar Tree. And so he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like going, well, same as you. you know, and, then, and, and, and then he goes, and then, so I looked at him, I said, I've got it. And he's like, what? I go, Dollar Store Tommy Lyons. <laughs> I love it. Man, he's, uh, yeah, that he's a he's a character. You got to get him on. He's, uh, he's an interesting guy, so. Yes, he's got yes. some stories. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer now, isn't he? Yeah. So he's uh, he's actually in Indianapolis. Uh, he played college uh, at Holy Cross in South Bend, and then he did Valpo Law, and then he went up to Georgetown actually, and got a master's in law, and now he's a lawyer in Indianapolis. So I, I'm still I talk to him every other day, probably through text. Um, still a really good friend of mine, but uh, he was actually in my wedding and all that. Him and Tyler both, but. Uh, but yeah, he's a character, but uh, knowing, I always say this jokingly and lovingly, I guess you could say, is knowing Tom in 2008 playing for the Toledo Cherokee and fast forwarding to 2021, I would have never guessed he'd be a successful yeah. lawyer. <laughs> and every time I see him, he's uh, very well dressed because uh, uh, back in the junior days, we'd have to kind of help him get dressed. So. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm looking forward to these stories here as we go. Oh, but uh, you know what's funny is that I, I agree with you. He was a kid that, let's put it this way, I honestly thought back then that the only time I'd see him and the word lawyer would be in terms of who would be representing him. <clears throat> uh, fair enough. Yeah, that, that, that's good. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I love the kid. Don't get me wrong. Back then, yeah. there no, I mean, but and I just, uh, it was just, he was like, I he was always so like, uh, I don't know. He, I, 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 
for some reason, the word schlep rock came up to came into my mind with him, you know, oh, Alvi, Alvi, woo, woo, you know, and, and just but uh, like I said, nothing but big time props to, to Tom yeah. and, uh, and also to Tyler, because like I said, Tyler, we, we talked a little we didn't really talk a lot uh, yeah. back then, but uh, Tyler kind of kept to himself when it came to that. But like I said, I think it was more like Nick who, <laughs> you know, but, uh, that's OK. Well, you know, that's, that's, I'll that's, give him some crap for you, so. Feel free. Anyway, so let's get going here in earnest about you, though, because that's what this is about. Uh, now, when you first uh, when you first put on skates, though, what was it that got you interested? Uh, who got you interested in the game to begin with? Um, you know what? I can't even recall. I had a friend growing up. He actually he played ice hockey and roller hockey. And so it's like just happened organically, I guess you could say, where it's just like, hey, let's play some street hockey. I tried out roller hockey. It was fun. Um, zero expectation, I think. And I, I, I think that's a huge thing going into a lot of things now when people try new things. It's like they they sometimes see a lot of expectation around things. I had zero expectation around hockey. I didn't, I didn't know much about it. If you dive into some of the Blackhawks history, even, I mean, they weren't even broadcasting games really back then, um, you know, randomly on WGN and all that. But so I didn't really have a lot of expectation around it. It, it was fun. Uh, and I joke around with a lot of the athletes I, I train currently is like, I played hockey cause I didn't have to run. <laughs> it was great. I don't have to run. Rollerblading is way easier than sprinting. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I can appreciate it, uh, it on, on a certain level because, uh, you know, people say, yay, man, you did 20 years. That's great. Playing, you know, broadcasting for the Cherokee. I'm like, dude, I did it cause I just wanted to watch hockey for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perks of being a broadcaster, right? So, yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, so I, I think, uh, again, it, it happened organically, and I, I ended up, um, you know, seeing some success. And, you know, anytime someone, you know, gets that little uh, little bite of success, you know, that that just uh, cascades into something bigger. And, you know, it ended up, like I mentioned, I played on like a U12 and a U14 at, at the same time and, you know, was just constantly playing and then playing in the driveway. And, um, you know, it was – something where not a lot of other kids were doing it in the area either. So it was kind of my thing. And, and I took that and ran with it. And then again, the ice hockey opportunity came along and um, you know, I, I went full bore into it. My parents saw the love. They actually uh, really liked the sport too. They didn't grow up playing hockey or a ton of sports. And so, you know, they'd always been on the sideline watching soccer and we know how exciting soccer can be at the youth yeah. level. <laughs> so I think they, they found some excitement. They saw how much I liked it. And, you know, as things progressed, it's like, all right, high school hockey, cool. And I'm like, hey, there's this thing called junior hockey. Like, I, w- I want to take it to the next level. And then, you know, through junior hockey, it's like, hey, I can maybe play college hockey and, you know, so on and so forth. And so it's uh, it's just been really organic all my life. So. Well, let me ask you, obviously being that close to Chicago, I'm presuming you are a Hawks fan. Who are the guys that you grew up watching that you admired as far as hockey players go? Um, I mean, the, the classic guys, I think during my era was like Tony Amante and Chris Chelios were the huge names in, in Chicago sports. Um, I was a big fan. I, I actually started playing defense um, and I liked uh, Ray Bork at the time was was kind of big. He was near the end of his career kind of when I was starting. So it was the, the cool. I remember watching uh, like the Avalanche when he got traded to the Avalanche and they ended up winning that cup and you know, just uh, he was such a dominating defenseman. And, you know, I, I liked that aspect um, kind of in my game, too, when I was playing. 
growing up. So, uh, so those are a couple of guys I took to, and then, you know, fast forward, I'm uh, by trade now a strength conditioning coach. Um, Chris Chelios was always known for his fitness. So as I, you know, started training myself for, for high school and junior hockey and all that, you know, he was always still a big influence in him being like a, a Illinois native and a Chicago Blackhawk legend, like always uh, kind of took to him and, and his little chip on his shoulder and the fitness aspect and him just dedicating literally everything to the game. So. Okay. Fair enough. Now, how about uh, as far as um, were there uh, other, uh, who were, who were the coaches that you remember when you first started uh, playing organized? Uh, who were some of the guys that you remember as far as, um, maybe they might have had an influence on you, or or you remember them because they really made you mad, or any of that stuff. Um, yeah, so a couple couple big people stick out was uh, initially roller hockey. I had, we had a dad coach actually, and he he just loved hockey. Um, I think that kind of helped uh, spur my passion for hockey. He had twin sons that played on our team, and we had this team together for like three years or so. It had a couple changes in rosters, but, um, you know, we were a pretty tight-knit group, and, um, you know, we're, we're kind of close to Michigan, too, and so we used to go up. Uh, he knew a guy that played on the Kalamazoo K-Wings, so he'd take us up. We'd do, like, almost a team trip up to see a K-Wings game, and then, you know, you could just see the passion in his eyes for the sport, so he always stuck out uh, with that, and, you know, when we needed to compete, he'd push us, but at the end of the day, it was just the love of the game. And then, uh, you know, transitioning to high school hockey, I, I had another guy that uh, he was a South Bend native that actually, uh, you know, saw almost a group of misfits that we were assembling this team. And, you know, he put a lot of passion into that group. Um, and, you know, he, he bought in, he, he really took time actually to, to talk to you on an individual level and, and try and get you a little bit better and, and improve. So uh, his name was Dan Sharmack. And then, um, you know, coming to Toledo, uh, the great Ian Duncan, <laughs> he's, uh, we, we've had our ups and downs, but actually he's in Cleveland now too. And I actually see him every couple months we run into each other, but uh, you know, he, as uh, rough around the edges as he was, and I think he'd admit that, uh, you know, he was uh, he was a really tough coach to play for, but he had such high expectations. And, you know, I still I can hear his voice. If I watch an NHL game on TV, I can hear his voice uh, coaching and yelling in those little details. And, and it was all like just good quality content. And he just demanded uh, that expectation. So, you know, some days it was harder than others. But uh, but again, end of the day. I ended up going into college with with better skill set and better understanding of the game than I did, you know, prior to Toledo. So, um, you know, those are those are three of the big influencers, I guess you'd say, in terms of uh, my hockey knowledge. So, so what was it like playing high school? I mean, obviously, with the with uh, you talked about that uh, the level of hockey wasn't as great there where you were mm-hmm. at. Who were some of the teams that you played? Yeah, so um, we played my first two years. I only played three years of high school. Um, I played two years in South Bend. So we played, I'm trying to think of the school names. There's a St. Joe's, like Marion uh, High School, um, Penn High School. And then uh, Valparaiso was another one. They're actually closer to us, and that's where Tommy and Tyler played. Um, so uh, they they actually had a, a little bit better foundation. They had some better players. They, um, you know, made some runs at some, some titles. We had actually... Uh, around Indianapolis, there's a pretty good um, hockey culture down there. So they actually had 
five levels of, of hockey, like 1A, 2A, up to 5A. And so like the 5As, you're going to see like Culver Military Academy. Um, you'll see, uh, I think Hamilton Southeastern is another big school down in Indianapolis. Um, so you'll see some of those bigger schools. Fort Wayne had some uh, some good ones, uh, like DJ Fishers from Fort Wayne, right? So uh, another T3 or T, uh, TC alumni. So um, let me ask you real quick. Yeah. Uh, who did you guys play the most? I mean, did you play Chicago area teams at all? Did you play mostly Fort Wayne, uh, uh, Indianapolis? Uh, where whereabouts did you play most of your team? Everything was South Bend related. So um, we'd have there's a rule in high school hockey where you had to go. They're called crossover games. So you had to leave the conference. Um, and so we'd go play a Fort Wayne team. You had to get I think it was maybe like four games in during the, the school year. Uh, against these different uh, programs. So we'd go down to Indianapolis or they'd come up to us and vice versa. So um, then my third year, we switched to uh, a league that was a little bit closer to home. It was only 40 minutes away. Um, and so we played there with uh, more teams from the Northwest Indiana area and then some Illinois high schools as well. So um, same concept, just kind of a different competition level. And that that was that was when things started to advance. We were up a division, um, playing a little bit more competitive hockey. Our team was getting better as a whole. Um, you know, the, the competition was a little bit more closer to home because we were playing teams that, you know, our basketball team and our football team were actually playing. So it was a little bit uh, more of that high school atmosphere, I guess you'd say. So um, I enjoyed that year. But uh, that's when I started getting that itch to uh, go to the next level. So Okay. So uh – Oh, do you remember how you were recruited or did you try out for Toledo? How did that come about? So my senior year of high school, actually every year we'd, uh, me and a couple of buddies would go to a hockey camp in Minnesota and we, we um, met a coach um, up there. I ended up playing junior B for a year out in Albany, New York. And so that was my senior year of high school. I went out there, played. Uh, we play weren't great. What's up? Who would you play for? Uh, it was called the Troy Eagles. They were formerly the Hudson Valley Eagles, but it was in the uh, Metropolitan Junior Hockey League, and they they had a feeder up to the Atlantic Junior Hockey League team too. So um, a pretty good East Coast league. I think those evolved, disbanded, and uh, merged into like the USPHL now, I believe. Uh, I'm not even sure some of the leagues anymore. I think everything's merged. But uh, I played a year out there. Um, we We got our butts kicked quite often, but again, it was, it was just a great next step for me to kind of take that physical aspect. I started learning a lot more about the tactical side of hockey, um, you know, plays and, and where to be and everything. And then uh, that coach actually had played with Duncan uh, in the minor leagues. So um, I heard of the Toledo tryout, I actually uh, ended up going to the tryout and um, making the, I think, Dunks took 30 guys. So I was within that top 30 for the team, uh, brought some size and everything. And so I tried out, I made main camp um, and then ended up making the team. So who was the coach that you played for Dutchman Valley? His name was Al Rooney. Um, he's actually, he had a pretty good coaching career. He had a, a decent playing career. He's a goalie and uh, he'd been with that program. They actually won a national championship with the Hudson Valley Eagles. Um, and then he went on and he coached in the North American Hockey League for a couple of years. He won a Robertson Cup actually a few years back um, and actually coached a couple of guys I currently train. So uh, kind of a small hockey world thing, but uh, another great guy. He uh, he had a tough, uh, tough year with us, but uh, he, he kept kept on us. And again, another big influencer that I'm still in contact with today. So. 
Okay. So now you go to Toledo. What was it like when you went to that camp the first time you walked in there? Was there any kind of trepidation on your part or any kind of uh, butterflies in the tummy? Um, you know, I, I had a backup plan to go back out to New York. So I, I think it was, you know, I tried out for a couple of North American uh, league teams where, you know, I got tossed around a little bit and knew I was out of place, but this one, it was like, all right, I can make this team potentially, but worst case is, you know, I still have a place to play rather than some years, you know, it's like, what am I going to do otherwise? So, um, you know, I don't think I was too nervous. I just went out and played my game, played hard. Um, I realized that that year in New York, like, um, going from high school where the competition level was a little lower, you know, I'd score goals. I do a little bit of everything, um, you know, realizing my place and, and, I made the transition from D to forward in high school just because of the need for more forwards. Um, but then I needed to play forward at the next level in the junior level just because of the speed and, and uh, you know, the the tactical knowledge, again, was kind of lacking on the defensive side. So I went in as a forward and, you know, obviously I'm a bigger guy. So I played to my strengths and that was uh, hit people which uh, coincides really well with Ian Duncan's style of play. So um, that fit in well. So I, I think, you know, looking back, I'd like to think I was uh, doing well in the tryout. But, um, you know, I had some good opportunities. I, I played the body, a um, couple fights. Um, so, you know, good old uh, Central States Hockey League type playing. So, <laughs> But, uh, no, it, it, was a, it was a cool group. I was actually – I remember walking in, and we had locker room assignments in the Toledo Ice House, notorious uh, small locker rooms for the visitors, right? But uh, I was in the main room, so it was kind of cool. I think I recall, like, sitting next to Bubba Kolb and Frank Madiak. So, you know, walking in, um, you know, it was cool seeing the locker room. We had an awesome locker room. And then the guys were really nice, and, you know, we just went out and played. And uh, I had a really good experience there. So, yeah, Bubba. That, that's I, the, to this day. Whenever I hear the word Bubba, I still think of Dunk yelling at, at Bubba because you you could hear him throughout the rink. I mean, it echoed. I mean, the, in the in in the concession stands, they could hear him, Bubba, because yeah. he was trying to get Bubba off the ice. But uh, that was, I mean, he would be he's, yelling he's at him still- about something. He's a good guy to keep on the ice, though. I think that first year he put up 99 points regular season, so we'll keep him on the ice as much as we can. So. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he just uh, – yeah, well, it was him and Brent Bain. I yeah. Mean, just uh, – they were two peas in a pod. And so they really – they clicked really well together. Uh, yeah. Now, you – who – do you remember who you uh, – who your first line mates were when you first uh, – First, uh, laced him up. Um, in terms of uh, like first regular season games. Yeah. You know, I don't recall. Um, I did get kicked out of my very first game on a really bad call. Actually, um, I served. Actually, I served Brent Baines too many men on the ice. Um, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> and, uh, literally, my second shift, uh, we were playing Peoria, and I come off the ice or come off the bench. And Peoria is breaking it out. They go to the boards and then touch pass to the centerman. And our D had just stepped down to play the guy on the boards. And I was coming from the bench, stepping out, and I had a couple strides. And I caught the centerman with his head down. And the the refs called it a knee to knee, which it was chest to or shoulder to chest. And so I got tossed for for that game. Um, 
Dunk was fighting it, everyone. I mean, it was pretty clean hit. So I actually, I don't recall uh, who I was playing with because it was a very short-lived game for me, my first game. But uh, I recall, I think I, I played a lot with uh, Pagula, um, Lucas Kelsey, trying to think who else, handful of guys. Um, but again, it's it was uh, kind of a role where wherever Dunks needed me, just throw me in, um, play my game, and uh, we'll figure it out from there. So That's Funny. And a, a couple another crazy guys, Adam Pagula and Lucas Kelsey. Yeah. Lucas was just that he was that little spark plug. He's a little guy and played like he was six seven. Didn't care. He was he, just uh, he just didn't care. He talked crap to the best of them. So he was uh, yeah. he was a great guy to have on the team. So mm-hmm. I agree. He he was he's something else, man. He just he didn't care, man, how big you were. He 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 chirp you like nobody's business. <laughs> and, and then uh, and then of course you got Pig, who I, I I don't know why I just absolutely love that kid. He yeah. just he and I just clicked. It was like he was just so cool, and you know he didn't get too wound up, and he just uh, but he wasn't afraid to mix it up. You know he'd do whatever he had to do, and uh, you know. He probably didn't have the best skates, wasn't the best skater in the planet, but he, his heart, man, he was one of those uh, guys that he, he'd give you what he had. And we had that's a, just the way he played. He, he was such a great guy, too. I, we we obviously had a lot of pranks uh, in the locker room and stuff, but uh, one thing I recall, and he just played it off so nonchalantly, was uh, the synthetic stick or the composite sticks, they're hollow, right? So yeah. I forget who did it. It might have been. Um, Tim Hurst maybe filled his stick with water and then oh. taped it back over. And so we go out for practice and uh, Pig's like, he takes one shot and he looks at his stick like, man, it kind of feels weird. And uh, eventually like peels the tape off and dumps the water out of his <laughs> stick. And, you know, he, he just kind of laughed it off and like went about his way. So <laughs> it's just one of those other things. And, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Big Mo had had something to do with that too. So, <laughs> no, not Mo. Anyway, but uh, that's funny. Now, when um, you know when you guys played that first season, um, how? I mean, was it was it more like yeah because you were closer to home? Yeah, that, that was one of the big things where I really wanted to make Toledo was it was close to home. I'd actually um, prior to going out to New York, I, I was training and skating in Chicago with the Chicago Force and I had a decent camp. But, but again, I, I kind of needed a year to grow. And so I, I got cut from that team. That would have been ideal where I could have just driven up, you know, every day for practice, kind of like how, you know, the Detroit guys were doing it in Toledo. Um and, and so that didn't happen. So it was like, all right, what's the next closest team? And Toledo, you know, through connections, as I mentioned, uh, was was a good scenario. It was about three hours away, three and a half hours uh, from my parents. So, you know, they were able to make it out to games. I was able to get home if, uh, you know, we had a little break or anything like that. So definitely a great situation to be in. So who are your billets? So my first year was the Kings, and I think you just interviewed JC, um, but uh, he was playing in Alpena, I think, at the time. So I, I didn't really know JC too well, um, but Kevin and Shelly, and then uh, then the girls. Um, and uh, Casey Wheatley was my billet brother, so I'm still in contact with Casey. So That guy was a piece of work, man. It was like I, I, I loved him when he was in Toledo, hated him when he was in Flint. Yeah. Uh, 
all points in between. You know, just uh, he was he was something else. Yeah. Uh, and then now, um, how many how many seasons did you play in Toledo? Just the two. So oh uh, eight oh nine oh oh nine ten. Okay. Um, I'm just, like I said, they all run together for me, but I'm yeah. trying to remember. Uh, we went out to. Were you on? Was that year your first year? Was that when we went out to? Um, was Dubuque in that team? In that league, in the league that year? Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, we had a couple trips out to Dubuque, so. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because, I mean, out there they had lost the Fighting Saints because uh, they were in the USHL originally. And when they lost the Fighting Saints, they got the Thunderbirds in our league. And they would get, like, you know, three, three and a half thousand, three, four thousand fans in their, in their barn. And that, in, that intimidated some people. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it, it was hard because, but it, I mean, it was really weird. A big old bowl like that. And it was three sides. It was really weird because they had, th- uh, it was a three sided bowl. In other words, usually when you have this, like the rinks, like the ice house, where it's not a, a true bowl, yeah. it's just that it, you got the coaching and, and the staff and the, the benches on the one side. And then you've got the, the seats on, across from it and you have a few on the, on the ends. Uh, but in Dubuque, they had the full uh, bowl set up except for the one side where the benches were and the penalty boxes were. Yeah. And then everything else was huge, a huge bowl all the three quarters of the way around. And, I mean, those guys, um, okay, so there was alcohol involved. I get it. But uh, they were loud and very obnoxious. I mean, yeah. I mean, they talk they talk about Toledo being, you know, loud and crazy and stuff back at, back then and even now. Uh, but that, oof, man, I mean, for for junior town, that, that they were very. Ooh, I'm sitting. I, love, I mean, I, I loved it. Yeah, I was sitting there. I would be sitting up at the top, very top up in the up in the box, press box. And it literally it, the press box for me was a little room. And I was literally next to the spotlight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, if if the, they didn't have the spotlight shining on the ice, but if yeah. they did, the guy could, wouldn't be able to do it without hitting me. Okay, that's how close we were together. And but, it, I mean, it was just a little tiny, real tiny room. And then literally, I could reach out and touch everybody on the top row of, of seats, <laughs> and they were all guys like my size, big boys. With sitting with like two and three beers in their hand, you know. That sounds like ah, a battle. <laughs> yep, yep, it was. And I just re- I remember that, and they would be yelling, and I'd be going, "Guys, try not to try not to cuss too much, okay? I'm 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 on the air." And they're like, "Oh, blankety blank, you and this, that, and the other thing." And yeah. I'm just sitting, "Oh, this is gonna be so much fun." And but uh, they would do that, and then they'd get, of course, get the. Uh, Whenever, uh, like somebody, whenever they would score on a team on an opposing team, they would always do the chance that you suck, and then it, it's all your fault because they yeah. ride the, the goalie and stuff and say it's all your fault and all that stuff back then. And oh my gosh, those guys were they, they were a piece of work. But I will give them credit for one thing: they covered the coverage of the Thunderbirds uh, was top notch. They their yeah. newspapers and everything. They all covered. They covered them very well, and uh, I remember we were out there for a tournament. I think we were out there for Herster Cup, 
And I remember because the newspaper did a feature, I think it was on Maddie, wasn't it? On uh, Frank Matt, yeah, Maddie. I think so, yeah, yeah. They did a they did a full blown feature on him, so you know I was like, wow, boy, it'd be nice if you don't see that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they yeah, no. usually, when, when they when you go to when you go to Toledo and you go, yeah, Toledo Cherokee, the news media guys are like, who? Yeah. <laughs> like thanks. Uh, they the walleye? No, they're not the walleye. Stop it. We're famous yeah. in our own right. That's true. That's yeah. true. And, uh, hey. But it was still like, like like you said, man. It was just the, the road trips are what made it so much fun. Yeah. You know, it really did. Um, the who do you remember uh, who you roomed with when you were on the road? At uh, least the I don't recall honestly. I think it changed uh, a lot of road trips. Um, Howard Dunks was putting it together. I think he'd sometimes try and keep lines together and uh, different things like that. But either way. We'd check into a hotel, drop our bags off, and go meet up anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah, we we're uh, we we're a pretty tight knit group that first year. It was, it was a good group to be uh, be around. So we had a lot of uh, good quality guys on that team. Uh, now, you talked about Ian being uh, a pretty a pretty strict and pretty fiery coach. Uh, was that was he with Tarsh at that time? Yeah, so they were both for for both years. I had had both those guys as coaches. So, what was it like being under Tarsh with uh, Tarsh there too? <laughs> Tarsh was uh, he was funny. He he was like the perfect complement with with Duncan because Dunks was uh, loud and 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 very passionate and uh, you know coach really heavy. And then Tarsh was kind of that, a little bit quieter. He talked to you a little bit more on the side. Uh, maybe have some jokes here and there with you. So, um, again, a, a good compliment to that um, as uh, sort of the offensive coordinator slash assistant coach. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, he was, uh, he was always good to have out there too. Now, uh, in that, especially that first year, who would you say was probably the best at pulling pranks and who were the funnier guys that you remember? Oh, that's tough. We we had a lot of a lot of guys, but a uh, couple guys that stick out, uh, like Spencer Jordan. He was uh, he was always a goofball, but he was quiet about it almost. Um, can't think who else. Uh, pulling from that team, Matt Cook on that team. Matt Cook was on the team. Spencer Jordan, uh, Andy Kramer, a couple of those guys. They they were a pretty tight knit group, uh, and they were always kind of the uh, locker room clowns a little bit. And they always had some good stories, jokes, because uh, I think they all lived with Cook, too. So mm-hmm. he had, uh, I think, Trevor Steffen, uh, Andy Kramer, and uh, and Spencer all living at his house in their basement. So they had some uh, some good stories together uh, that they'd bring to the locker room. So it was a good group. And then, uh, you know, I was uh, tight with Casey, obviously. Uh, Patrick Murray, Aaron Butemiller uh, were some of my guys. And then Tommy. Uh, was on that group too so wow that's good that's a pretty good uh, we had some characters to say the least (laughs) who were some of the uh did tommy play d back then didn't he yeah 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 he played d and then i think he only played that year he ended up going to the minnesota junior league um after that Mm -hmm. so now uh i was trying to remember some of the defensive guys um that played back then um trying to think uh 
I don't know if he was your year or not, but was uh, Brandon Bolter with you? <laughs> he was the one that was on the top of my mind. Yep, Brandon Bolter was there. Um, so he played the year prior, I think, um, with Toledo, and then he he played with me, and then he he moved up. He went to the CJ after. I think he went to Nepean, uh that year after. But um, yeah, Bolter, he was uh, he was a competitor for sure. Him and I used to go at each other and practice sometimes. So, but, uh, funny story is after my playing career, I, uh, I had some concussion issues in college. I, I got involved with coaching and helping out, um, at the college level as a volunteer assistant. Then I, I started getting paid a little bit, uh, my senior year, but, uh, Bolter ended up transferring and playing for Lawrence, uh, university out of Appleton and they were in our conference. And so I'm at the end of the line after our weekend stint in Lawrence and, uh, you know, Bolter's going through the line. I think he was captain of the team too. And, uh, you know, we crossed paths again. So I was coaching against his squad. So it was, uh, kind of Toledo coming full circle. Wow. Yeah. And he could skate. He, he was a pretty good skater. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big guy too. So that that's one thing that stuck out with that 08 team was, uh, you know, we had, probably five or six guys that are big boys that can lay the body that weren't afraid to fight. So that's, uh, you know, we had really a, a full holistic team of, you know, guys that were really good at scoring. We had like Justin Elmore, uh, Brent Bain, Bubba Kolb, uh, Cook and Spencer Jordan. Like they were um, great at putting plays together. Like they played together most of their life and all that, it seemed like. And then we had the, the meat, uh, the meat lines where, you know, people just lay the lumber and bang bodies. You know, if Bolter didn't want to fight, there's someone else that was going to fight. So, so we Jay had uh, Clark fight, he fight everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Clark was uh, another character on that team. He ended up, I think he got traded to Dubuque that year. So um, he, he would fight anybody or, at the drop of a hat and drop the hat himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, matter of fact, I just heard from him a couple of weeks ago. So I'm hoping to have him here on a, on a, on a future podcast pretty soon. But uh, now when you guys played that year, we, I think, didn't we make it to Herster Cup, but didn't make it to Nationals, right? Yeah. So if I recall, what happened was, um, you know, it was us, St. Louis and Dubuque, we're like the top teams um, in our conference and the top, I think, in the nation. We were ranked number one for, for most of the year, actually. And then I think St. Louis ended up taking it over. But what happened was if you won the regular season, you got an automatic bid to Nationals, which St. Louis beat us by like a point. It might have even come down to like a goal, goals for, goals against differential. And then um, we ended up playing Dubuque in the Herster Cup, and the winner of the Herster Cup would go on to Nationals, too. So we – in the Herster Cup, played our games, blah, blah, blah. And then we had a game against Dubuque that ended up being the game before the championship game. So for some reason, we played um, two games in a row. And uh, I think we won the game the night before, and then we lost, obviously, the Herster Cup one. So we didn't get a chance to go to Nationals, which stinks. So, but uh, kind of historic kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, and what was really cool about it is, like, I remember I drove to it to Dubuque for that. I didn't ride the bus, and uh, you know, I was standing. I remember standing outside the bus talking with Dunk while everyone was getting on. And I was shaking some hands because I knew some of these guys I wasn't going to see, you know. And uh, I, I remember talking with Dunk, and Dunk's like, "Man, he goes, well, we we didn't make it. We lost, you know." I said, "Dunk, 
and I remember this conversation. I don't know why I remember it, but I just remember it. And it was just he was really disappointed because he felt like he not failed, but he didn't achieve the objective. And I'm just like, Dunk, I just remember saying to him, these guys aren't going to remember the score of this game 15, 20 years from now, but they're going to remember you. You know, yeah. at the time he he just didn't you know it didn't register I think because he's just such a competitor you know he wanted to win and but uh, yeah that's why I mean every podcast that I've done with any of his guys they all cite him as a guy who they remember good bad or indifferent they remember him yeah you know? no and and again it's uh, his his personality his coaching style and. Uh, yeah, like I said, I still run into him, and he's a little more tame nowadays. But uh, man, he's still got the stories, and uh, you know, you you can kind of get behind his passion uh, for the game, and, and you can see that in his coaching and all that. So, and what's funny is, is that a lot of the guys that I talk to that are involved in coaching now uh, that played for him, they they talk about. Uh, some of the things that they do are because of him. They use him as a resource. Because mm-hmm. of the things that you know that he did, they now do with their kids and stuff, and that that's I think that's a tribute to what kind of you know passion you have when you want to give back to the game like he did, and it, it's gonna it's gonna show in guys like you when you want to give back to the game, and yeah. it, it says a lot. So I think it does. Now, interesting. Um, uh, sorry to cut you off. Interesting story I'll tell you that kind of showcases how things come full circle. And I'll, I'll be honest, Dunk and I didn't always get along and we didn't see eye to eye, um, but he cared for me nonetheless. And again, I'll attribute, I learned a ton from him, but what happened was he ended up moving to Cleveland after Toledo and I went on to college and I'm meeting my now wife freshman year and her little brother was playing for the Cleveland Barons and Dunk ended up coaching my uh, now wife's little brother, my brother-in-law, uh, when he was a uh, Bantam minor or something like 12 years old. And um, so we stayed in contact when they'd come to Chicago, we'd go down, see uh, little Timmy play and all that. And then I'd catch up with dunks. Um, so it was cool. And then we made the decision to move to Cleveland after we both graduated. So um, I was looking for a job and Duncan actually knew somebody um, that had a training facility I, I'm, as I mentioned, a strength conditioning coach. So he introduced me to my now boss and that's grown into, you know, my full career and everything. So again, it kind of comes full circle where, uh, you know, you don't see these people for a couple of years, but, uh, again, his, uh, he, he was kind of looking out and, uh, hooked me up with my, uh, my job out here in Cleveland. So I was going to say your career. Sorry. Yeah. So it's been successful since I think I've been in Cleveland for six years now. So it's been working out. And again, I run into him from time to time at the rinks and all that. So, that's a good thing, man. That's awesome. Now, do you want to stay in Cleveland, or does uh, does uh, you do you and the boss look at maybe going uh, moving anywhere warm or any of that crazy stuff? <laughs> we're we're actually just in Florida. We're like, man, this could be nice. I don't know why we deal with snow and rain and all this all the time. But uh, no, our, our big uh, our our one area to move back to would be Milwaukee. We that's where we met. Uh, I went to school up there. She played soccer, but, um, you know, we have some really good lifelong friends up there. 
we make a trip back every year, uh, meet up. We do a big cookout and all that, me and all the hockey guys. And, um, you know, we were always a really big tight-knit group um, in college. And then uh, we stuck together throughout. So some of my, my best friends are in Milwaukee right now. So that's one place we've talked about. But she works for the Cleveland Clinic, uh, world-renowned hospital. Mm-hmm. And I got a great thing going with, with the company I'm with. So we like to leave, or we like Cleveland. Um, you know, it's a great city. And, you know, there's actually a pretty cool hockey base here, too. So I, I train a, a lot of college and pro guys um, in the area. And, uh, you know, it's it's grown pretty fast. So it's uh, it's a pretty cool town. I, I, I like it. Yeah, that's good. Now, is your, is, does she is her family from there or? Yeah, so they live probably 10 minutes down the road from us. So that's uh, another good resource um, for babysitting purposes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they cook dinner for us, too, from, from time to time. So <laughs> uh, are you saying you don't cook, Ryan? Uh, I, my, my work schedule is a little crazy. I wouldn't mind cooking, but, uh, but yeah, my, my wife usually cooks. And then, uh, you know, we find ourselves at Chipotle quite often, too. <laughs> or, uh, or or the or the in-laws house so um but uh no i i, I love my in-laws they, they live close by uh my wife's got two brothers both hockey players um so you know we're we're pretty close friends um to this day and stay in contact so it's uh it's cool good situation yeah i was just thinking i mean i i trying i'm trying to uh, think of you as as some having culinary skills and it, richie <laughs> richie just doesn't register buddy uh, I'm pretty decent. I'm decent. I won't say I'm uh, the next top chef, but uh, I can throw together some meals. I'll cook for you sometime. All right. Deal. That's right. Uh, let's put it this way. I don't cook. Uh, <laughs> that's the reason I'm as big as I am, because I always tell people the best thing I make uh, when it comes to me cooking is reservations. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's good. I like it. It's, it's true. I mean, my gosh, are you kidding? When I cook, we pray after we eat. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, no, I, I, it's just not pretty. Uh, but uh, anyway, now, when, you know, you, we talked about some of these guys, you know, in that first year and everything, uh, what happened in the second year? Uh, when you came back um did your role change did you find things that were different um or unusual uh i mean obviously you know with the you know some of the guys moved on some of the guys mm-hmm. aged out how about with you as far as in that second year what what kind of things happened with you yeah so um it was uh it was an interesting change you know that first year we were such a good team. We had so much depth and, you know, I can recall like looking up at the scoreboard, it might be a one, one game. Like, you know, we're going to win this five to two, like Bubba's going to throw up two more goals. We'll be fine. You know, having that mentality. And then the next year he moved on to the NHL, uh, Bain did, Bolter left, uh, a couple guys aged out. Um, so that next year, you know, the, the onus was on us a little bit more like m- myself, Frank Madiak. Um, you know, I had a really up and down year, had some injuries um, in my time in Toledo both years, but um, but yeah, the dynamic kind of changed. You know, we we're now faced with a little bit more of a challenge where you know we couldn't rely on some some stud guys. You know, everyone had to kind of contribute and row. And you know, we still had a, a pretty successful team, um, but uh, but definitely changed. We had a lot of younger guys, and I think that set up uh, the team for a couple of years to follow. So. It was okay. uh, interesting. Who were some of the guys in that second year? Do you remember uh, some of the guys that came in? 
So that was like uh, Tyler Joy came in that year. Um, I'm trying to think. We had Howard was a, a local Sylvania kid. He was actually pretty good up and coming kid. Um, I believe was that the year Chase Michaels came around. He came up from Texas. Yeah. yeah. Man, that that kid. I remember seeing him, and he could score goals. He could fight. Uh, he had cowboy boots. He was it was out of a movie almost where this quiet big guy rolls in and just kind of does it all. So he, he was another character. Um, you know, I, I haven't stayed in contact with a lot of guys um, from that squad, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. We had, uh, had some characters still, but, uh, but yeah. I had asked about him and some of the guys have told me that he dropped off the face of the planet. He doesn't do social media. Doesn't yeah. do. I mean, he's back in Texas, is my understanding, but he doesn't do. You know, he's just basically out on the ranch somewhere. You know. Yeah, and, yeah. That's a uh, couple guys I've, I've tried looking up, and uh, you can't find them on on anything. So, well, it's what tough. guys? Uh, because this, the one nice thing about this with this podcast is that I've heard from some people that I never thought I'd ever hear from again, ever to the point where I forgot their names. And when they reached out, it was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember you, you know? And it's like, yeah. they're like, yeah, I listened to so-and-so's podcast and I was able <laughs> to find, and it's like, all right, that's cool. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's hook up and do a podcast, you know, it's stuff like that. So don't be afraid to throw names out there, man. Because again, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that six degrees of separation, it's more like three. So the, the one person that I've had a tough time getting in contact with, and I actually lived with him is Aaron Butenmiller. Boots. Boots. Yeah. Yes. So I ended up my second year, I billeted with their family up in Tecumseh. And, uh, you know, he, he was really close friends with the Fletchers. And so, you know, we had a great thing going. And then um, I think last time I talked to him, I was in college and he was up in northern Michigan. But um, it happened where it was one of those situations where, like, my phone broke and I lost all my contacts. And he's another, like, non-social media person. And his mom's not a social media person. And so it's like I can't get in contact with this kid. So um, I've, I've kind of looked him up a little bit here and there. But uh yeah, that's uh, that's the one guy. We, we had some good memories together, too. So um, for some reason, I always made friends with goalies. Maybe it's because I'm weird, too. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll leave that one alone, even though it's set up on a tee nice and high for me. Uh, you, know, you know, one person I randomly run into who's a Cleveland guy is uh, Duck. Another g- weird goalie, yeah, Brian Dancic. Brian Dancic, yeah. Randomly. I'll find out. We'll run into each other in Cleveland on the streets. Just random. I, I filled in one time for men's league down in Strongsville and I walk in the locker room and ducks there. And then I'm going to a, a team site to train a football team and ducks at the school for some reason. And I'm, he's like, Hey, Richie, what's up? I'm like, uh, duck, what's up? <laughs> it's like 12 years after the fact that we play together and we just keep randomly running into each other. So that's, uh, it's he, another great guy though. So. Yes, he is. He's a wonderful guy and a darn good goaltender. Yeah. Uh, I remember, uh, well, matter of fact, I think I'm friends with him on, on social media. So I'll, uh, um, I know that. Um, yeah. But uh, he's another guy, you know, it's like I've reached out to him about doing a podcast and I'm, and I'm sure he's probably going Mick who. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, because his brother, I think, came and played for us like for like part of a season at, later on. Okay, gotcha. Uh, 
it was a little later on, but yeah. So, but um, anyway, I I know Mo, Mo, him and Mo are pretty tight. I know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, so now, 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 Aaron was uh, Boots was our goaltender back then. Who else? Who was our other goal? Was it Duck? Or no, he came. So, go ahead. No, we had Duck. We had Boots. We had Patrick Murray. He's a New Jersey yeah. guy. Um, so him and I were pretty tight as well. And then I'm trying to think who, who was our goalie that second year. It might have been Patrick again. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we, I, that was another thing. We, we were pretty stacked on goalies too. So uh, that first year we, we had depth all the way through. So it was uh, a great team. Tougher guys cracking the lineup and everything. Um, I know I, I was always in and out and everything, but uh, it was like – Kind of wait your turn when you're needed. Go, go do your best, and we're all pretty well prepared for uh, Dunk's game plan. So, who was? Who was I mean, in, more so in the second year than in the first. But who was probably in your mind your most hated rival? Uh, I'm trying to think. I I never liked playing Peoria. I want to say there was always. Uh, I always seem to be just guys that talked crap that were, I don't know, they were just a gritty team that, you know, just got under your skin. So I, I hated Peoria. Love playing against Dubuque. Um, I think they played a really solid game. I, I never mind, you know, even in college, a team that can put together, like actually play hockey, hit hard, maybe talk some crap. Like those guys I respect and I love playing that game. The guys that are gritty and talk crap and, you know, you don't necessarily respect as much. That's uh, those are the guys I hate. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's who I recall not not enjoying playing against. OK. Now, do you remember your first goal in a Cherokee uniform? You know, I don't remember my first one. Um I had a pretty memorable one my first year when we were in the Herster Cup. Um, I scored in – we again, it was Dubuque. There was like 3,000 people there, and uh, it was like a big, big goal. And then I ended up uh, making the lineup for that Herster Cup game. So it was the night before. We ended up winning, I don't know, 4-2 or 4-1 something. But uh, but that was a, a cool, memorable goal where it was like a posting in type thing. And, you know, the crowd got shut up for a second. So it doesn't happen too often for us grinding guys. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Now, um, you, after that second season, um, what were your options and what did you end up doing? So – I was playing around with the college idea. I actually, I had a really good friend from New York when I played out there. Um, and he had gone from New York. He played in the Minnesota Junior Hockey League. Uh, he was a Green Bay native. And so we were pretty close. We stayed in contact. Um, but he ended up getting recruited and playing at Concordia, Wisconsin, where I ended up. Uh, but a similar situation as uh, New York, where they were kind of rebuilding. They needed, they needed some grit. They needed some guys, um, you know, that kind of fit what they were looking for in terms of uh, what I was bringing to the table. So um, he mentioned the coach, the coach had actually been at the Herster cup games. Um, so he'd seen me play a little bit, um, but it was more, it was more on me and I was a little more proactive reaching out. Um, and so, you know, I, I got into the school financially. It made sense. Um, they had the degree I wanted to study. 
they had a division three NCAA hockey team, which was my end goal. When I started this whole process of playing junior hockey, I was like, all right, realistically, I think I could play NCAA division three. And that was my goal. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm where financially made sense. Uh, academically, it made sense. It was a hockey team. Uh, they were in need of my style of play. And I, I went to school and, uh, you know, we had open tryouts. We had captain's practices, all that. I loved a lot of the guys there. Like I mentioned, I still have a lot of those guys are some of my best friends and then uh, made the team. And, uh, and we had, you know, up and down year, but it was it was still such a cool opportunity. I was given a ton of opportunity. Unfortunately, I mentioned I had some injuries, but, uh, um, you know, I still I think I played on every line except the first line. So I had uh, mixed mixed things. Uh, and the guy, the, the coach, Tony Herkus, actually, who's a historic hockey player. He won yep, Stanley Cup. Kobe Baker. Yeah. So he was. He was the opposite of Duncan. And so I, I was going from Duncan, who was micro coaching every little aspect, which was a great thing for development, to a guy that was like, go play. And he gave some, little feedback. He ran practices pretty well. But uh, it was an adjustment for me, for sure, because I, I kind of craved some of that feedback because I was, in my eyes, still developing. But, um, you know, that was the first time where I was like, all right, go do your thing. You're a college hockey player now. You know, here's our systems. But do your thing. And so it was cool. I, I, I had some good opportunities, but, uh, but only played two years, unfortunately, and then coached my last two years. So. Oh, hey, you, know what? you survived. So that's I did. I got a degree. So that's, uh, that was the end goal. And you got a wife and some, and, uh, and kids out of the deal. So not yep. all bad. Yep. It all worked out. So, um, no, yeah. It was, now, how did uh, you, you meet? How do we meet? Yeah. Uh, so, I was the wily 20 year old freshman and she was the pretty 18 year old soccer player. Um, but we actually, we had our very first college class together and she sat across the room from me. And so she probably didn't realize that I locked eyes on her, but, uh, we had a couple classes together. So, um, you know, just through friends, it was a little bit smaller school, so uh, it wasn't hard to meet people. Um, and we ended up um, between my roommates and my friend group and her group, uh, we ended up hanging out a little bit more and uh, dating that freshman year. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we met. So it was kind of, I, I pursued her. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. but, uh, I figured it worked out. Well, yeah, so I hear no, but she um, yeah, so. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say, what was the what was the first date though? Was it like dinner and a movie or? She she still gives me crap because I don't think I took her on a first date for <laughs> six months because it was college. Like we'd always be with our friends, uh, and so you know I don't even remember our first date. It, it might have been uh, Qdoba or Panera or something like that. But uh, college budget. But uh, you know we played sand volleyball together um, that fall. We ended up dating. We'd go to parties together, all that good stuff. But uh, so yeah. six six months, and you still don't really remember much. Your all I can yeah. say, Richie, is enjoy the couch. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. So <laughs> uh, good good luck with that one, because uh, trust me, they will remember everything that happened uh, fifteen years ago. You know and. Yeah. Date, times, everything. And you're lucky if you remember why you walked into the kitchen. You know? <laughs> That's, yes. I, I, I've learned this myself. Trust me. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I've, I've learned this one myself. So, But uh, now uh, with, now that you've, you know, 
again, you got you talked about how you guys moved to Cleveland and everything. Um, what got you? I mean, obviously, when you were in college, it was to still be part of the team, to be part of the game mm-hmm. and everything. What stirred you in Cleveland to want to get involved as far as coaching goes and wanting to, you know, be a part of hockey still? Yeah, so I think kind of the nature of my degree, I have a, I have two degrees now, but uh, my degree was exercise science, which is you go into the hospital setting, you do physical therapy, all that stuff. But um, strength conditioning is kind of one of the end all goals. And that was one of my focuses was, um, you know, growing up in Indiana, I didn't have ice really available. So how was I going to, you know, compete and bring my best every season was through off ice training. And so in the weight room doing all the things that I, I teach now, but so I fell in love with that process, um, met a couple of people actually in Toledo that uh, geared me towards that exercise science degree. So again, went to Concordia, graduated. I, I was coaching. I was doing some youth clinics up in Wisconsin. I was coaching at Concordia um, and then, you know, started part time. I interned. I had a couple of great opportunities where I was getting experience as a young coach uh, there. And then, you know, nothing was set in stone, but I moved to Cleveland and, uh, you know, really put all my eggs into the strength conditioning basket, but um, you know, we're predominantly, my facility is predominantly football, baseball, soccer type facility. Uh, Ohio's notorious for those, but how did I build up hockey? So I got involved through actually men's league. There's a guy, Mike Wilson. He, he was a first round draft pick to Vancouver, but he ended up back in Cleveland. Uh, His wife's from here as well. Um, and he asked me to be his assistant coach for Bantam Minor Cleveland Barons. So I, I started getting involved in their uh, program, and that kind of gave me a little bit more uh, of a name in Cleveland hockey just by coaching and then being able to bring that um, off-ice training, human performance aspect uh, to some of the people I met along the way. So now, um, you know, I have a ton more contacts being here for six years now. I'm not coaching on ice as much. Um, you know, I'm doing things here and there. Uh, but now I have uh, a pretty good following of hockey just through, you know, investing some time in Cleveland hockey. And, uh, you know, it's still just so much fun throwing on the skates and getting out there and running a practice and, you know, interacting with kids and kind of sharing, you know, my experiences. And, um, you know, you mentioned guys mentioned that uh, they still have Duncan's drills that they run and stuff. You know, that's the same. I got drills from college, drills from Toledo, everything that I, I like to run, too, if I'm on the ice running any practices. So. Wow, it's, uh, it's cool. But, uh, but yeah, I still play. I still play men's league. I think it uh, it's a lifelong sport. So plan to play it until uh, I physically can't or I'm dead. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I have a good group of guys. And um, you know, my my wife's uh, younger brother, he he plays still, and he's got a good group. That that '98 birth year has a ton of guys playing college and pro. Um, so we have a good group, and he's. He's my primary recruiter for getting guys in um, to the gym. So, oh, there you go. That's cool. Now, let me ask you: uh, How long do you, do you ever see yourself getting behind a bench and coaching a hockey team yourself, like at, at a high level? You know, I've I've thrown that idea out there. I I enjoy it, um, but. I, I really, I'm growing into, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, I'm more on the, if you were to take an NHL team uh, player development side. Um, so I can see myself potentially getting into like a director of player development role with it, with a team. And I, I'm more suited, I think with my education, my background and just my passion 
for that side rather than the the tactical the team management side of uh you know performance on the ice game time performance uh, i do enjoy the coaching um but uh i think with coaching you have to put your eggs in whatever basket um your end goal is and so i've seen guys i have a couple guys from college they're coaching in the north american hockey league now or they're coaching hockey um in the collegiate sector but they've done the proper steps to kind of get there um whereas again i'm more on the player development side you know my, my facility is looking into mental performance and nutrition and um you know things outside of just the physical lifting weights. Uh, and so I think that's going to, going to be a huge factor moving forward. So um, that's, that's where I'd, I'd like to be eventually, I guess. So. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Where do, uh, what do you remember best or worst about being in Toledo? Uh, what was the kind of sum up what you, your, your thoughts are your memories of being a Toledo Cherokee? Um, yeah, it was some of the best was um, just the atmosphere. Like I said, that, that 08, 09 team was such a good team, like hockey wise. So we were a great team. We had some good culture. Um, you know, Toledo itself, um, you know, I worked odd jobs. I worked a bunch of part-time jobs, very blue collar community. So I, I resonated well with um, kind of that Southeast Michigan uh, Northwest Ohio kind of mentality. Um, I love, I still like the Detroit area too. I love going up there. Um, when I was coaching Barron's, like it was always great to get back to the Detroit area too. So I, I, it's, it's funny how regionally some places resonate with you. So I, I still like when we came back for your dedication of the press box, like, it was almost like a jittery excitement taking my wife to Toledo. And, you know, most people are like, it's Toledo. Like who cares? But, uh, I'm like, Oh, my billets like live down that road. And like, Oh, I used to go here like after practice, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, this was the rink. And you know, a, a cool thing was like, we had one of the best locker rooms, uh, in the facility or in the league. And then even going to college, like our college locker rooms kind of sucked my first year. We ended up, uh, the, County built a, a second rink and we had a really nice top of line uh, facility my second year, but it was like, man, Toledo had such a cool locker room and we had an equipment manager and we had, you know, couches in our room and a weight room and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I have some positive uh, emotions for, for the city of Toledo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, not, not too many negative things, I guess. So, okay. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, now, uh, you know, you talked about some of the guys that have impacted you the most as far as uh, on the ice, whether it's coaches, players that you looked up to, the guys that you're tight with. Uh, who would you say is probably the folks that impacted you or influenced you the most away from the game? Uh, in Toledo specifically, you mean? Not or, necessarily. No, no, just in general. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I do have a Toledo guy that, that influenced me that uh, hopefully listens to this. I, I still kind of stay in contact with him as Doc. Uh, Doc Hoffman. So, um, you know, he was he was a good influence. You know, I unfortunately I mentioned I had some injuries, so I was spending some time with him when I, I really didn't want to spend some time with him, obviously being injured. But, uh, you know, that, that created the relationship. He was such a, a great character guy in our locker room. And he really cared about us. So um, he was actually one of the first guys, I think, that um, spurred me on to, you know, the bigger picture of academics and all that. Because, you know, him being an MD and all that, um, 
you know, I don't even know if he realizes this, but it's like, he's like, Hey, you're, you could probably be a doctor, you know, cause I was just interested in watching what he was doing. You know, obviously I'm not a doctor now, but I was in a heavily science-based major in college and, you know, he kind of gave me that confidence and, and influenced me into the, the sports medicine side and performance side a little bit. So he was a great guy. And, uh, you know, I had a school project, I had to interview him. Um, so I reached out to him recently. Unfortunately, he wasn't in town when, uh, last time I was, I was in town, I would have loved to see him, but, uh, yeah, just another great guy. And then, uh, you know, my, my parents are a huge influence. Um, you know, my, my in-laws are great people as well everyone's really hard working. Like I mentioned, I'm, I resonate really well with the blue collar mentality and I still try and bring that, uh, day in and day out is just, you know, grind and work. And that, that I guess is the epitome of how I played hockey too. So <laughs> little, little, little finesse, a lot of head down and, uh, you know, grind. So hey, nothing wrong with that. Now, yeah. let me ask you, uh, how long is it going to be till you get your, your kids on, on skates? How old are they going to have to be? Uh, when so, you decide you're going to lace them up and say, okay, guys, let's go. Actually, my son, he's two and a half and not being a crazy psycho parent, um, he has, I think, seven hockey sticks already. So um, he's, got, <laughs> he's got like the Franklin ones, but he's got a cool like kid CCM one. And then, you know, we have between me and my brother-in-laws, we have a million sticks in our garage, my in-laws garage and my garage. So, uh, he's actually got a full size stick, like a Nexus 8,000 cut down his size. So, um, so he's got a couple hockey sticks. Um, but, uh, we made a trip back to Wisconsin. I actually worked at the ice rink in college too. Um, and so my buddy's general manager, and when we were back visiting, we were staying with him and, uh, you know, my son was probably, almost two years old last time we were back and uh they had some rental skates that were his size so we actually took him out there he stood up he, he obviously can't skate you know he's still uh figuring out his body and all that but uh he stood on the ice so there's some pictures on facebook i'll send you over but uh so we we've already started but again it's inevitable with uh, my family and my wife's family he's got to play hockey so <laughs> now is your wife a big hockey fan or no she she played a year she she's really athletic she played soccer basketball track she did figure skating she did hockey um so she did a year but uh she she likes it she still watches um uh my brother-in-law my the one that's my age he was a 90 birth year he ended up playing at mercyhurst um division one and uh him and i are still really close he's actually coming into town this weekend so i'm pretty excited to hang out with him um, and we still, we share our men's league stories now cause we're both that cool. But, uh, <laughs> um, and then her little brother, he's actually in, uh, the New York Rangers system. So he's played six games in the NHL and then, uh, he's with the Hartford Wolfpack right now. So, uh, between all of us, he's, uh, he's forced to play hockey and, um, my wife still loves watching hockey. And so from, him being a little infant in uh, his little cradle, like he's seen hockey on TV because we usually try and watch um, as many of my brother-in-law's games as possible. So, um, so yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's funny. Well, she, she sounds like uh, she makes you look like an underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty impressive. So she's uh, she's an occupational therapist. She's um, great mother too she's got him in soccer um we'll have him in hockey obviously he does swim lessons so she's very passionate about the sports and uh you know and our family so it's cool that's all good man that's that's awesome well before we wind her up um 
Any questions you have for me? Um, our time together. Yeah, no, I, I just you you were one of those guys that made a great experience in Toledo. You know, it's it's funny. You know, I hear so many horror stories about junior teams. You know, some of my buddies in the Minnesota League they had to drive themselves to away games, and it was like, well, we always had a bus. We got team bags. We had warm ups. We had Mick Gonzalez broadcasting all the games. Um, so no, I I just want to say thank you for having me on, and then um, you know I my parents loved listening to you. So I mean it was such a huge value added. You know you joked around saying you just wanted to watch hockey, but you know it was such a big impact for I'm sure like Lucas Kelsey's family, like they were down in Florida, and you know we had so many people from around the country that probably listened to you. So you're uh, you're a big big part of Toledo. You know you made our experience great. So. I appreciate it. I got to tell you that it's part of the reason why I do this is because I got to talk about you guys, though, and and feature you guys while I got to watch hockey for free. And (laughs) it it was fun because I was able to cultivate, you know, some personalities out of that, you know, getting to witness you guys, not just on the ice, but like on the bus rides uh, (laughs) during when you guys would be stretching before a game. I can remember in Davenport. You went over, I was getting ready, setting up for a broadcast, and the way the rink is in Davenport, they didn't have a broadcast booth, but they had a big walkway right behind the seats, Yeah. and, and you guys would stretch there. You'd stre- start working out to stretch before you got dressed uh, and everything. You guys would do your str- uh, warm-ups out there, and you would come from, I remember one time I was getting set up, and you came from behind me. And you grabbed me. <laughs> you you had me in a you had me in a headlock. And I'm thinking, okay, do I do something here or do I risk getting fired? So I'm like, nah, I better not. And you had me in a headlock and you're trying to work me around and everything. And I just remember it's little piddly crap like that that it, it's um it makes it makes the the the, the grind. The, the bus long bus rides the uh you know staying in in, in motels that uh you know have chalk outlines on the floor uh you know <laughs> places like that uh, it, it makes it makes it all worthwhile and it makes it bearable is because of the fun stupid stuff we did that we didn't think nothing of at the time but it's the one nice thing about memories man years later they get a little bit sweeter you know, yeah. a little bit sweeter and a little bit more sweeter. And as far as uh, for the press box dedication, and everything, I, I part of the reason I I cried like a little schoolgirl that night was seeing guys that came in. Uh, John Aving from the national championship team came in from Kalamazoo. Uh, Josh Williams flew up from Florida. Yeah. And, and then when I saw you and your wife and your baby, I lost it. I lost it. I mean, I saw, when I saw you and your wife there, I'm like, oh my God, Richie. <laughs> and I honestly thought you guys were coming back for, because uh, they told me it was to honor Omi. That was the roost that they used to get me there. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And then it didn't occur to me until later, but wait a minute, Richie never played for Omi. For <laughs> It's like, wait, something's not right there. Uh, but I'm like, whatever. You know, it's like, it's the Cherokee, man. Everybody knows, you know, because Omi took a good long time off in between coaching stints. And, you know, he's there now and everything back again. But uh, still, it was like, I didn't, it didn't, like I said, I had a million things going through my head. 
And I just remember that when I saw you, it was like, that's, that's, you know, it was like home, you know, that it just felt right. Because again, there's just, I mean, there were some guys that, that they, we didn't talk a lot, but they were great kids, great guys, but we just didn't talk a lot. We didn't interact a lot, Yeah. but you, you and me, we interacted quite a bit and, and, and I can remember, especially that first year, I got to know your mom probably a little bit more than your dad, but I got to know them both. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, they'd come over at all the home games and I'd see them sometimes on the road and they were just really nice people. And that's the thing I remember is that they were really nice people to me. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, how can they have a kid like Richie? But, like I mentioned, they definitely appreciated what you're doing. Because, like I mentioned, we weren't hockey family. So they were in the dark about a lot of stuff. They didn't know what what was going on, what this process of junior hockey was, you know, how the games were going. And so like just having, you know, some games were broadcast with video, others, most weren't. And so having, having your voice behind it was, uh, was huge for them just to be able to hear. And then I remember my mom thinking how cool it was. You you'd do interviews with us for intermission and yeah. have them pre-recorded and all that. But uh, I think you even sent that over to me. I probably lost it on one of my old laptops, but uh but just having like our intermission interviews was another cool thing. So always fun. Yeah, it was always fun. And it also it helped me kill an intermission. I didn't have to sit there and talk. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, no kidding. But uh, now um, as far as uh, uh, one last little thing here, um, if what would the Ryan Richmond of now, what advice would you give? to that guy his first year in Toledo not knowing completely what to expect out here in the Midwest but knowing that uh, you had to step up your game what 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 advice would you give to him you know it's it's interesting looking back I I don't like saying the word regret but um, you know knowing what I know now is I acted emotionally on a lot of things. And that's, I mentioned Duncan, I didn't always see eye to eye, like my passion, I just wanted to play. And I didn't always justify that with, with my skill set or, or work ethic. And, you know, sometimes it was emotional. So I'd, I'd let things bother me and, you know, knowing what I know now about like mental performance and, you know, just being able to grind and even communicate. Like if I just communicated a little bit better with dunks, maybe we'd be on the same page and, you know, things would have been, uh, been better, but uh, you know, don't take things as personally and enjoy them while they're happening. You know, looking back, like just talking this last, what, 90 minutes or so, like we had such a cool team and we had uh, great memories and, and so many cool things that, you know, maybe I was pissed off about something and, you know, I didn't embrace that, uh, that moment as, as much as I should have. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I'd say, you know, just keep remembering the things, uh, the big things. And I, I think as a dad now, every day I look at my son, it's like people keep telling me they're going to grow up fast. And so I'm listening to them. I look at it. And I'm like, man, I'm going to lay here on the floor and let them run and jump on me and like just enjoy this as much as I can. And so, you know, same thing. I'm, I'm telling my athletes the same stuff. And, you know, whether they listen or not, you know, it's up to them. But, uh, but yeah. I, I enjoyed my time. I wish uh, wish I would have taken better advantage of some of the cool opportunities we had. But uh, yeah, hey, at least you yeah, learned something. Yeah. And and now the other thing too is you know you talk about the 
uh, time with your son and everything and, and stuff. What I always tell folks is this, is that uh, you re- you'll remember when you get, when they get older and they begin to do things on their own and everything like that, you're still going to remember not, not the, uh, not the first time they scored a goal in peewees or, or the first time, you know, they had a hat trick or something. Uh, no, you're going to remember them crawling on your chest, jumping up and down and the yeah. little things that, that most people wouldn't give that much thought to. That's the stuff you remember. Cause that's what the memories are from. That's yeah. where they came from to where they are now. To oh, where yeah. they're, so that's the, that's the key to it. So, but uh, yeah. And the, and the funny part is, you still look exactly, with the exception of the beard, you still look exactly the same. Uh, I had a little straggly beard in Toledo, so. Yeah, yeah, you had some peach fuzz there going. Uh, it, it was different, but hey, you know. I might be a couple fun. pounds heavier too, Mick, but uh, you can only see me from my shoulders up right now, so that's good. Well, thankfully, you can only see me from my shoulders up too, because believe me. Uh, the big, the big, all either. Yes, I have. I got a lot more gray. Uh I haven't lost all my hair yet, so I still I, got that a little bit. I will say I found uh, gray hair the other day in my beard, so. Oh I'm, no! I'm, I'm chasing after you, Mick. Right. Yeah. As long as you don't have a <laughs> shovel in your hand. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how old are you now? Uh, I'm 31. So it's you been. Uh, I played Toledo at almost 13 years ago. So mm. 12 years. Well, let's put it this way. I am. Um, I'm just another couple months short of 57. So, nice. You yeah, I'm a day over 25. Check cash or money order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was fun. Well, Richie, I tell you what, honestly, man, this seems like it was, I always say this on every podcast, but I mean it. It's true. Every time I say this, I mean it. It only seemed like a few minutes. Yeah. It's it, been, or, uh, yeah, it's been an hour and a half. It's They're been fun. Yeah, it's like, all day. I was gonna say we probably could, and especially if I didn't have to like hit the hit the uh, uh, the dump button. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, we probably could. But uh, now um, one uh, one final thing: what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation uh, here as we get ready to sign off? Um. I- Really thankful for the opportunity to play for Toledo Cherokee. Um, it was a great organization when I played for them. And just going back uh, for your dedication, saw a lot of familiar faces of uh, some of the owners and and people that were big influencers that work behind the scenes. So, um, you know, the the actual Cherokee program is is awesome. And again, that blue collar. Uh, mentality of Toledo. It's always cool seeing those those teams compete at some of these tournaments that uh, that I'm at, um, and and there's a special place in my heart. So, uh, any of the coaches out there, keep uh, keep doing your thing, keep producing some uh, some good talents out of Toledo, and um, you know any players, embrace your time there. It's uh, it's a pretty cool place to play. So that's all I got. And that is that is a story that is right in Richmond. Oh man, I tell you what, Richie, it has been a blast catching up with you, uh, and look forward to seeing you again soon. Uh, and I, I have to, so. Uh, but yeah. uh, yep. So anyhow, uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, like I said, we'll stay in touch. I know we will. Yeah, so. thanks for your time. I've been waiting for this moment for like years to be on your <laughs> podcast. So, been staring at my phone. 
I can't play favorites, Richie. I cannot. And besides that, not only that, I don't have your phone number. So I'll, uh, I'll send it yeah, over. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow, but uh, yeah, I can't play favorites. I have to. I, I just pick them at random. Uh, there's, uh, trust me, there are, there are some folks that have, they're like, I want in, I want in. And I try not to, I try not to get the same guys from the same year. Yeah, no, it's been cool seeing the variety of guys. So yeah, that's, that's what I try to do to mix it up. So it kind of keeps things interesting and people can, Oh, okay. And, and, and like some of the older guys, they'll hear the, 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 the later guys and go, wow, that changed. I had, I had, uh, I had a guy. Uh, a couple of the guys tell me like that or older guys tell me like, yeah, we used to have to drive to the away games too, you know, back then. And then, then Toledo started rolling and they started doing the thing with the bus and everything else and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, this is a cool place to play. And now the Cherokee are considered one of the, uh, because of the fan base now are considered one of the toughest rinks to play in, 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 in the, in the USPHL. That's so, awesome. So, yep. That's so all. But anyhow, that's going to do it for episode 70 of the Cherokee Rewind. My thanks to Ryan Richmond, uh, this guy, again, uh, one of the good guys here, and we really do appreciate him spending some time with us. And, of course, again, anytime you want to hear a new episode, just subscribe to whatever platform you use. That way, when a new episode drops every Wednesday and Saturday, it'll notify you, and you can find out who the next guy is that's going to take a stroll down memory lane, talking about his time in Toledo. And I, I'm telling you, it's well worth it because we always have a lot of fun. So for Ryan, I am Mick. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.